0: This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.
1: I'm Martin Strong and this is Vancouver Consumer. In a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. JohnnySmartpoint.com is where you can find him online. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past few weeks. With an election gathering steam, Vancouver Mayor Kennedy Stewart unveiled an ambitious housing plan this past week. Calls for 220,000 new homes over the next decade. That is triple- the city's current housing target, which was to build 72,000 homes over a 10-year period. Stewart's plan includes 140,000 market rental, below-market rental, social housing, and co-op homes, in addition to 40,000 homes that they call, quote, ground-oriented homes for purchase by the middle class, unquote. That's along with 40,000 market condos and townhomes. Mayor Kennedy is hoping to be reelected on October 15th. His opponents in the election are not convinced about his recent housing plan. Ken Sim of ABC Vancouver, Colleen Hardwick of Team for a Livable Vancouver, and Mark Marison of Progress Vancouver were all quick to slam this idea. Sim points out that housing prices under Mayor Kennedy have skyrocketed, while Rents pretty much did the same. He puts some of the blame on permitting backlogs sim says in the city of vancouver quote it takes longer for a high-rise apartment building to get built than it did to fight and win in world war ii unquote colleen hardwick said that stewart's plan is simply unbelievable and a dream come true for major corporate developers mark marison accused stewart of recycling his plan from his 2018 campaign and tripling targets that he hasn't met The Vancouver Canucks are getting ready for the new season. Exhibition games start later this month. Their regular season home opener is on October 22nd at Rogers Arena. And if you've been to a game in the past few years, you've probably noticed just how expensive it is at the arena. Not just the ticket prices, but also the cost of food, parking, and all the stuff that goes along with the game. So how does Vancouver compare with the rest of the NHL? Well, we're kind of in the middle. According to a new ranking, Rogers Arena in Vancouver is 14th out of 32 cities when it comes to how expensive it is to see a game. The average Canucks game experience at Rogers will cost you $159.49, according to Time to Play, $159.49. Madison Square Gardens, the home of the New York Rangers, Well, that's the most expensive in the league. The website says it will cost you just under $250 for a night of hockey at MSG. As for the most expensive Canadian arena to watch a hockey game, that would be in Toronto, where the average cost to catch a Leafs game at Scotiabank Arena is $240.78. And the mint girl guide cookies are back. Those chocolate minty ones that have been on hiatus since the start of COVID. But as of the last week, they're being distributed to the girl guides and they're back to their old schedule, which is the dark minty cookies in the fall. And then the old fashioned sandwich style cookies in the spring. They're five bucks a box and they'll be coming to a front door near you very, very soon. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And coming up, we're going to talk real estate, guiding us through uh, some of the upheavals and the opportunities out there in the world of real estate in this very tumultuous market. We'll talk to John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. Uh, com is where you can find him online. That's all when Vancouver Consumer continues on cknw
0: this is a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser the opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of cknw
1: welcome back i'm martin strong and this is vancouver consumer and it's time to talk real estate with our friend john carlson of two percent realty you know him as johnny smart point you can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com. You can also find him on Instagram at johnnysmartpoint. We're going to talk about uh, some of the interesting things you have going on on Instagram in just a second, some of the listings you have. But uh, first of all, how are you, John?
2: I'm doing great, Martin. It's good to be back, of course
1: yeah, mid-September, things are slowly starting to feel like uh, they're back to back to work, back to normal, everyone's busy. And uh, there is a lot of doom and gloom out there. And there's no doubt that the number of sales when it comes to real estate, the property sales are down, but there are some indications that the market is stabilizing. And that word stabilizing is actually uh, a quote from Brendan Ogmundson, who's the uh, chief economist for the BC real estate association um, of British Columbia. And, uh, and he may have a point because even though the number of sales are down, prices are relatively steady. According to the MLS, and I'm sure you know all about this, John, the multiple listing service, the average residential price was $918,378, just under a million bucks, which despite the slow sales is still an increase of 2.1% from last year when the average price was about $899,000 and change. So the prices are holding steady, John. So do you think that this is some indication that the market is stabilizing or do you think there's more pain to come?
2: Well, you know, that's the question of the day. Um, And when I hear and and I've read these uh, some of these reports and some of these statistics and, you know, quite frankly, I'm always uh, somewhat skeptical about all the reports that I read, Um, you know, so much to kind of unpack there. But um, if if you look at things statistically, I think, you know, let me let me say this. I'm not I I wouldn't be uh, I'm not sold on the idea that the market is stabilizing yet and um, Mm -hmm. it'll remain to be seen as we go on week by week. But a couple of points I'd like to bring up, I think you just mentioned that statistically the market is still 2.1% ahead of where it was last year. But if you were to look at a price graph for Greater Vancouver, uh, you'd see that right around July or of August, say of last year, it just started coming up, like just almost going straight up. We had a very excited market and prices were going up quickly month after month after month. Starting around maybe March, April, uh, May of this year, you know, the, the turnaround happened and now prices are coming down. And if you take a look at a price graph now, you'll see that it's coming down at a similar rate to, to the way it went up. And, and, you know, if I had to guess, um, which, which I do, I mean, I don't guess, I take educated guesses and I give advice based on individual properties and their particular segments. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see more come off the market. Um, so again, back to that 2.1%, well, boy, it wasn't that long ago when it was up you know, I don't know how many percent over over the year. So things are coming off a little bit. When you look at interest rates and the fact that most buyers need to have a significant amount of financing when they purchase and the cost of borrowing $100,000 today compared to six months ago, four months ago, it's a big difference. So, you know, time will tell. And uh, my job as a, as a good real estate agent um, who gives advice to clients and represents clients' interests when they're selling their home it really is to, to try to take everything into account in the market, uh, and and I think that you know there's reports all over the place. I will mention another thing, and and that is um, you know I don't know that the average price number on the statistics that come out each month tells the whole story because I think there's a difference between a market before that had um, let's say virtually everything selling, let's call it an eighty percent success rate in terms of listings that sell, right. uh, and then now if you're in a say a fifteen percent. Um, category where maybe 15% of the active listings are selling. The the average price of the ones that do sell doesn't tell the whole story because there's a lot of those listings still out there that have not sold and they will probably need to adjust if the market continues to, you know, to to sag compared to relative all-time highs. So again, it really comes down to this. I think Martin buyers are the ones who determine market value based on their willingness and ability to, to pay certain prices in the market. And sellers uh, tend to be, uh, you know, we all tend to remember high times and sellers want to maximize their sales. So I'm finding that what what really happens is, I think, is uh, in the market that if the market fundamentals change and the actual market, let's call it, where buyers are willing to pay certain prices drops, I think that there's a little bit of a gap where sellers reluctantly try to meet that market, but Maybe not quite. And I think right now there is a gap in the market between what sellers' hopes and expectations and wants might be and what the actual buyers out there who are going to their bank and saying, oh, this is the cost for me to borrow half a million dollars to buy my home, a million dollars, whatever it might be. Gee, I don't know if I can afford that. Uh, So there's a bit of a gap where buyers are thinking and where sellers are thinking. And I think that, again, a good agent, uh, my focus right now is to help people position a listing so that it gets attention from the buyers that are out there. And then the second job is when offers come in, you know, it's not like the old days. The the offers don't come in at full price most often anymore. They might not even come in close to full price, even if you have a good listing that's priced well, because there's a lot of uncertainty and nobody really knows. And buyers tend to be cautious, knowing that so far time is on their side. And the longer they wait, the better prices tend to get. So lots of reports out there from different people. Is the market stabilizing? Uh, Is it continuing to adjust? And I would suggest that we've had a we had a fairly wild ride to the top. And now the the fact that the fundamentals have changed mean that, you know, it's a little uncertain. So we're going to wait and see. But individual sellers, the main thing right now is to understand your market, understand your competition, understand what you bring to the market that might make your property somewhat special and worth, you know, worth offering on from a buyer's point of view and and running with that and promoting that and then when the offers come in make sure you have a, a you know a good negotiator on your side that can help you maximize the interest in terms of the financial number that you get so interesting market and and that's probably the best question and the most common question that I get right now about you know what is going on
1: right and we're we're talking to John Carlson Johnny Smartpoint Point. Uh, you can find him online johnny smartpoint dot com on his website. There's a, a lot of and there's some new listings that are pretty interesting. We're going to talk about those coming up. Um, and John, it, it sort of seems to me the, the story of the covid real estate market was all about supply and demand. The demand was there and the supply just wasn't keeping up with the demand. There would just there just wasn't enough stuff for sale. And with with the market slowing down, obviously, that's going to help the supply, there might be more stuff out there for people to buy, but in your experience out there on the street in these past few weeks, are you seeing more supply? Is that still, uh, uh, really playing a big part in this market, the whole supply and demand issue?
2: Yes, this is a, as I've said many times, real estate, local real estate is a supply and demand business. And, uh, we had uh, demand through the roof, and supply was not keeping up. And of course, that leads to the higher prices. We've we've gone over that a number of times. Um, and you bring up a really good point. I think um, in a market like this, where uh, demand has suddenly dropped, what were the last stats, Martin? I think 40 uh, percent over, you know, last August compared to this August when the MLS yeah. stats came out. So a lot of people have stepped back in terms of their their desire and ability to to purchase properties. But let's remember, we're in Greater Vancouver, we're in the Fraser Valley. At some point, maybe prices adjust to a point where buyers are comfortable, maybe economic conditions change, rates go down, whatever it might be, or a combination of all those things. At some point, buyers jump back in the market. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that is kind of nice about, you know, that I find for myself being in the market for the last 26 years. I've seen these cycles before and given that we do have a limited amount of supply and we have a lot of influx of new people into the area there comes a time when when buyers jump back into the market and you know before you know it when that happens we're going to be running short on supply again so these are we're running through some some changes in the market we've had unprecedented covid times and 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 money supply uh, you know sent all over the place so I think that when that does change, it does start to level out and boy, then the market can can pop right back up. So I'm very uh, confident that long term real estate, you know, is, is a good investment in greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. But the question is, and nobody has a definitive answer on this, is, uh, you know, how much adjustment is there left in the market? Um, where do we go from here? And, um, and and that's a bit of a guessing game but again people who find it now is the right time to sell their home and buy another home the main thing you want to think about is what's the trend right now what's your competition right now what does it take for you to position your home so that buyers looking for that type of property will be interested and um and then from there it it becomes a demonstrating value defending price and hopefully you find a buyer who's interested enough and 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 you make a good deal happen because from a seller's point of view i my theory is Either you get a deal that makes you happy or you wait for another time. So um, interesting market right now. It's um, it's anybody's guess as to what will happen over the next six months. But I don't think that we're really um, at the point where the market is balanced out yet.
1: Right. So if somebody is uh, thinking about selling their property, because we, we always love to talk about timing the market, you know, getting in at the right time, buying at the right time, selling at the right time. But for a lot of people, they they, they don't have a choice. They, they need to sell their property because they're moving or something. So what do you say to somebody who's thinking of selling a property, they have something, uh, and they, they go to johnnysmartpoint.com and, uh, you know, get your information. Maybe they send you an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. I mean, what, what do you say to someone who is a little unsure whether they should wait or whether they should, um, get in right away to take advantage? I mean, well, obviously, everybody's I, different.
2: Yeah, everybody's different. And I, I think that that's a hard question to answer until I've I've sat down with, with that person and and we had a conversation because, you know, really, I think it depends, again, on, on your situation. I'm, I'm going to be meeting people um, this week who have a property that's an estate sale. And uh, for instance, something like that, where, you know, maybe the family might want to hold onto the property for the longer term, and maybe they have family that can enjoy it and that sort of thing. But oftentimes with an estate sale, people want it sold. And if you want something sold in the near future, I'm going to suggest that, you know, September and October are good months. And my guess is that the market might continue to sag for a while. So maybe sooner is better than later. Um, Other times people have already bought or they have pressures where they have to sell. And so in that, in this relatively short to medium term, sooner is probably better than later, given that the last three, four or five months in a row, we've had prices drop. And that looks like it's going to continue for a while. So other times, maybe it makes sense for people to hold out and wait. Um, So again, I have to listen to people and find out what exactly what their their motivations are. And that involves me stepping into an agency relationship with them, meaning that I owe, you know, uh, these people the duties of confidentiality and full disclosure. I sit down with them. I owe them the duty to tell them everything I know or everything I think about the market under the, you know, of course, the The admission that I'm not the market and I don't decide what's going to happen with prices and I don't know everything and I don't have that proverbial crystal ball. But again, a good agent should have a good enough feel for the market on a daily basis to be able to help people make those kind of decisions in terms of timing. Again, my job's not to decide for anybody or to pressure anybody. I mean, there's another nice thing about being in the business for many years is. You know, I, I, I have a good, healthy business going on. I don't need to or have any desire to try to get somebody to sign on the dotted line, so to speak, right. uh, today. But I can give people good advice. And hopefully with that good advice, we can navigate this changing market to the most successful outcome possible.
1: com is the website. John Carlson, you can also give him a call at 604 612 and the web, uh, the, uh, email address is john at johnny dot And, uh, I've talked to a lot of John's clients and the, the overwhelming thing they say is that John listens to them and, uh, everybody is different. And if you want to talk to John, I recommend you go to johnny And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about, um, some of the listings you have. So you have an open house tomorrow and, uh, it's, it, uh, there's, there's some pretty interesting properties here, and they really range in terms of size and price. And we'll talk more with John Carlson, Johnny Smart Point, when we come back on Vancouver Consumer right after
0: this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.
1: I'm Martin Strong, and welcome back. It is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW, and we're talking about the Real estate market with our friend John Carlson. Johnny Smart Point is uh, the name. He goes by com is the website. You can also give John a call at 604-612-0080. John at johnnysmartpoint.com is the email address as well. And if you go to johnnysmartpoint.com right now, you can see some interesting listings. And, and another thing I want to mention, I've been seeing a lot of your posts on Instagram and people can uh, subscribe or follow you on Instagram, Johnny Smart point at Johnny smart point on Instagram. And there was something really cool. I saw a couple of days ago, uh, one of your properties, I I believe it's in Maple Ridge. It had this kind of 3d imaging, uh, and you could see, you could sort of see it twirling around and you got a really interesting sense of what the property was. It was pretty cool. I love that 3d stuff.
2: Yeah, you know, these are, you know, photos are always great. When it comes to MLS, you want to look good. You want to sound good. You want to be appealing. And and a lot of that, I mean, it's a visual medium. So you want photos to look good and you want to give as much great information as you can. And, you know, for me, again, being in the business so long, I tend to be pretty busy. I have my own in-house marketing team. And, you know, that really helps because uh, we've got all the equipment to do these 3D tours. They're called Matterport tours, by the way. And a lot of listeners are probably pretty familiar with them as you know these cameras. Uh, you know you you place them throughout the house, and they spin around, and they upload the these these images to um you know to an iPad, and then the company Matterport will stitch them together and bring back a like a 3D model. So your house is entirely modeled 3D. Uh, you, you have uh, floor plans with measurements and all that sort of stuff. So they're fantastic. And I bought all that equipment years ago and supplied it to my team. So one of the advantages that I have when I when I meet people sometimes, especially with the weather being good this summer, you know I've got a listing coming up with a pool. And, um, you know, the fella said, hey, any chance while it's hot we can get out here? I'm getting the house ready. We'll probably be talking about this one next week when we meet. But, uh, you know, I've got a team that can just get out there within 24 hours, even quicker sometimes. And um, so we got a really quick turnaround. And not only that, they're, they're talented. So, my team will will do the Matterport tours and the floor plans and and you know the the Lightroom on Lightroom programs and I don't do all this stuff. I'm not a big techie. I'll, I'll admit it, and that's <laughs> why I have a team that helps me with this stuff. So they also do the Instagram posts and they'll put out uh, information about the properties. But maybe I can talk about uh, the listings, including that one you just mentioned, because I do have uh, some listings that I think are really outstanding right now, and I think that some of the listeners out there will probably know somebody that might be interested. And if you are, you can always go to my website and check them out for yourselves.
1: Yeah. johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. And uh, the, the house that I saw the 3d rendering of uh, that's in Maple Ridge. And that's a pretty impressive piece of property there. There's a lot there. I
2: mean, this is a brand new listing. Uh, we'll have our first viewing actually today on it. And uh, I won't do too many numbers, but this is Maple Ridge 11550238A Street. And it's in a neighborhood, Creekside in Cottonwood, which is, a, which is a desirable area. This is at the end of a cul-de-sac. It's, it's like Stanley Park in the backyard. It's a half an acre surrounded on, well, two and a half sides, let's say, by a creek and protected parkland. Um, so the serenity aspect is just amazing. Nothing but greenery out the back. It's a basement entry with an upslope lot. So you walk out ground level at the back. It's got a two bedroom suite downstairs. It's got a garage that you could, it's a double garage, but it's extra long. You could easily get three cars in there. Plus it's got a detached shop, uh, professional grade with 220 power and a tall ceiling and just a lot of great things in in one place. You can walk to schools and shopping. It's super quiet, but not far away from things. So, list price on that one is 1975 It's new on the market. Anybody who is looking for a house in this area, maybe with an income or in-law suite for the downstairs and wants the shop, but especially the kind of half acre, lot, 22,000 plus square feet that you just can't find, you know, in most places, this is a, a really unique property and it's definitely worth a look for the right people.
1: Um, yeah. And I, I guess that, that backyard, I mean, a half an acre sort of forest Stanley park. It looks just so beautiful.
2: Yeah, the trails and just the serenity and the peace. And for me, that's what I happen to like. I mean, everybody's different. I can I can deal with a house that doesn't have granite countertops if I feel really great you know, on the property and have the privacy. Everybody's different, but this is a big lot. It's a great property, so um, I think people should check it out. Um, if you don't mind, I've got another really interesting property. Now, that's the interesting thing about real estate. You, you deal with all kinds of people in different properties, and this is something completely different. I think Monty Python was... Famous for saying that, but um, <laughs> I've got a house on a very interesting lot, and this is Kitsilano, and this is just a prime, prime neighborhood. Uh, this house, same family owned for 60 years. It's 2908 West 8th Avenue, so it uh, backs on to, like, the Broadway commercial-type district there, and it's just... I mean, talk about a walk score. I don't, I don't think you could beat it, um, and the neat thing about this property is... Uh, It's an older house, obviously, I think it's about 1912, very livable, you know, two year old roof and, you know, all modern electric, all that sort of stuff. But interestingly, the lot is exactly twice as big as all the lots around it. And so, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I let buyers and buyers agents determine for themselves development potential. But when you've got a lot with an old house on it, that's exactly twice the size of all the lots around it. Well, you know, there's probably some potential to do some interesting things there so you know a a small builder an investor uh, could be really interested in this one the list price is 3.288 million of course and um, it's a nice big livable house 2600 square feet with a loft for storage the lane detached garage and carport and again you just can't you know get much better of a location than this you go to walk to Kitts beach whatever you want it's it's a great spot so there's that one i'm really plugging my listings today martin thanks for the time
1: yeah well, go to johnnysmartpoint.com, the website, and you can see tons of photographs. There, it's beautifully presented, and and that uh, property on West Eighth, uh, a double lot in in you know one of the most prime areas of real estate in the Lower Mainland in Kitsilino. Uh, I guess that's an example of how the buyers could really vary. Like people could look at that and go, I, I just want to have the house on this big lot. Other people would say, I want to develop that. So there, there's a, a real potential for different types of buyers for that kind of property, right?
2: Yeah. Something for everybody, so so to speak. And, and, you know, I'm I'm going to mention one other uh, listing I have, and and this one, this one I like for a number of reasons. This one's also in Maple Ridge, and one of the things I think that is fantastic about this property, just to be really blunt, this home is priced well. I mean, this is a this is a great spot. It's a row home, Martin. So it's not a townhouse. It's right. attached to others. There's no strata fees. There's a like a party wall agreement. So when the roof gets done, everybody gets together, and does it. But it's like a townhouse in that, you know, it's connected to other units. But again, no maintenance fees. The list price of this is $899. It's a 2015 build. So it's fairly new. And it just shows fantastic. It's got a detached double garage off the back lane. It's got a private yard. Um, And it's about, what, 1750 square feet, I think, with three bedrooms up and a ground level main. Go to my website and take a look at this one because this one just hit the market. Um, It is vacant and the sellers want it gone. And in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, even this market that's not super responsive, if we don't get some offers on it fairly soon, I'll be having an open house there tomorrow. Twenty-three nine sixteen Kanaka Way from noon to two p.m. So if you want to come and say hi, you're in the area, please do. Or if you're looking for, you know, maybe a house, affordable home, or a townhouse, something like that, this is kind of the best of both worlds. Uh, I hope to see people there.
1: Yeah, so you can go say hi to Johnny Smart Point in person if you listen to him on the radio, and uh, and he will uh, show you around. That's tomorrow uh, from noon to two. Um, on Kanaka Way, and just uh, go to johnnysmartpoint.com. That's where everything is. Uh, and you can also uh, send John an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com, or give John a call, 604 612 0080. So go to johnnysmartpoint.com, look at all those listings, uh, and uh, you may know someone who 's in the market because they really range um, in price and everything um, and If you go to the website, you can also see a table uh, about uh, commission and uh, you 're a two percent realtor and you know we 've talked a lot about that 's the smart point between getting a realtor who knows this area, every single area of the lower mainland who sold more you know than a thousand properties in the lower mainland, who's been in it for more than 25 years. Um, that's the, the kind of value you get, but you also get a 2% realtor. And, uh, I think it's worth reiterating, uh, that can save you a lot of money in commission, cold, hard money, cold, hard cash in commission compared to a typical realty, uh, structured commission, right?
2: Yes, and, and again, typical, that's a word that, that we really shouldn't use just because or, or standard is there's no standard rates, everything is negotiable. but again, you're right that a lot of commission structures, the vast majority of them tend to be seven percent of the first hundred thousand and two and a half percent or three percent of the balance. And again, I save people money and, and that's really my my whole I mean, philosophy. I like you know, what, you know what Martin here's just something really straightforward. I like making it easy for people to work with me. And um, right. and that's kind of why I'm low pressure. But I also try to give people a really good rate in terms of, you know, what the most of the competition's doing. So it's a spot that I'm really happy to be in. I inhabit this kind of space where I try to give good value, but also, you know, um, a track record, bring it with me to, to to get the job done and get a job, get it done right again. That's where the smart point comes in. And I'm just happy doing it. And for any of the listeners out there who might want to talk to me about my commission structure or their own personal property. I'm I'm really available because as everyone knows, the market slowed down a little bit and I have time. So give me a call and book a meeting. I'd be happy to meet you.
1: Right. And you can uh, go to johnnysmartpoint.com or call this number 604-612-0080. Uh, the email address is john at johnny dot And, uh, we talked a little bit about things like the 3d imaging and the kind of presentation. And, uh, I, I think it's, it's kind of cool that you are at the forefront of, of some of this kind of presentation because it, I guess nowadays, uh, compared to say twenty five years ago, the the main way people saw a house is to walk through it, but not anymore. You can you can get a lot a, a real sense of a property online as well. I guess it's a sort of a balance between walking through it and seeing it online. But but you you have a great way of presenting things online, right?
2: Well yeah, I, I try. Again, MLS, <clears throat> you want to look impressive on MLS and and it's a it's just another tool. I'm certainly not the only agent that uses the Matterport tours and I think they're quite valuable because sometimes, I mean, worst case scenario, you, you someone goes through the tour and they walk through and they go, Actually, you know what, this layout's never gonna work for me because this, this, and this. Well, then there's a tool that's filtered out an unnecessary showing. But more often, uh, you know, people who um, who, who find an interesting uh, a listing interesting, and they do the the Matterport tour and they walk through it. I found just from talking to my own clients and others that if you already have that bug, like say on this property in Maple Ridge on uh, on on two thirty eight A, you go through the tour, it only reinforces like how much you might like this property. So I find that people do get excited, and they most often do still want to come and see it in person. But I have had a few sales uh, from people out of the area that have simply bought my listings through the tours through other agents. So it's a good tool. Um, And again, my job is to set the stage for a successful sale and to make a listing uh, as appealing as possible to the right audience. And that's why I've invested in, you know, my own marketing team. And uh, they're they're great to work with. uh, And, you know, we just want to help people get the process done. So thanks for that compliment, Martin
1: johnnysmartpoint.com is the place to go online. 604-612-0080. John at johnnysmartpoint.com is the email address. So uh, thanks, John. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks.
2: Thank you. Looking forward to being back.
1: Right on. This is Vancouver Consumer. Coming up, it's the story of one of Vancouver's most notorious murders at a nightclub that is still in business today. That's coming up next.
0: This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.
1: Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and it's time for some This Weekend in Vancouver history. And it was September 18th. Tomorrow in 1983, when one of Vancouver's most notorious murders took place at the Penthouse Nightclub. You know the place, still there on Seymour Street downtown. It's got the big retro neon sign. Well, back in 1983, the penthouse was owned by someone who was kind of famous back then, Joe Filipponi. He was a fixture in Vancouver's nightclub scene going back to the 1940s. He was often seen rubbing shoulders with some of the biggest showbiz celebrities of the day, like Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. famously played at the penthouse at a time when other nightclubs were hesitant to book black entertainers. As well, from the 1950s to the 70s, the penthouse was reported to have been the center of high-end prostitution in the city. Filippone was actually charged with living off the avails of prostitution in 1977. He and his brother Jimmy had their convictions overturned on appeals. So these guys were no strangers to the seedy side. Of the Vancouver nightclub scene. So, fast forward to 1983. The then 71 year old Joe Filipponi is discovered in the upstairs office of the Penthouse nightclub, shot dead and face down on the floor. The safe is open, papers strewn all over the place. The Vancouver newspapers ran with the story. Uh, Lots of rumors floating around that the murder had connections to organized crime. Maybe it was a contract hit. The reality is a little less complicated. A plumber and his low-life friend had heard that Filippone kept a million bucks in that safe upstairs from the nightclub, and they wanted to get it. So they got drunk and set out to rob Filippone at gunpoint. When they found out there was only about 1200 bucks in the safe, they panicked. And in the drunken confusion, they shot Joe Filippone in the temple. The trial lasted a year, and both the plumber and his pal were sentenced to life in prison. Meanwhile, Joe Filipponi's funeral was quite the affair. Close to 800 people showed up to pay their respects, from exotic dancers to Supreme Court judges. And that murder happened September 18th, 1983. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and coming up, we'll talk about your dental health and how Your dental health is a big part of your overall health. We'll talk to the folks at BC
0: Perio right after the news. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.